and welcome to today's episode, which is all about mastering negotiations, making sure that you are the master in any negotiations that you get involved in, in property. And how are we going to do that? Well, there's a few fundamental things that you need to remember when doing negotiations, when actually trying to get out there and master getting the deals over the line. First and foremost, what you have to remember is it all starts with you and what you can offer. Okay, that is a major, major thing that I see a lot of people forgetting. I see a lot of people going out there and just thinking, how can I do this deal? I want to do this deal. And without going in there and thinking, well, what can, what value, what value can I actually bring to this landlord vendor agent? You want to know what you can give them. You want to know what you can bring to the table. There's no point in wondering in there just thinking, well, I'm going to buy a property or I'm going to acquire a property or I'm going to do a rent to rent deal or a purchase lease option deal without knowing fundamentally what you are doing. Okay. So as soon as you start to understand that all good deals and negotiations are down to you being able to provide a solution, you will hold the power when it comes to your negotiations, when it comes to how you come across when you're speaking to agents or landlords, okay? You need to set goals and you need to also set limits as to what you want to have happen in this deal. If you go in there and you get bullied or pushed around and you think to yourself, I'm going to do whatever they say, or you go in there with no goals, with no purpose, you may end up doing a bad deal. You may end up agreeing to something that you have to back out of later on. And in which case, that's no good to anybody. Because if you're backing out of deals, then agents will lose trust in you. You will start to get a bad reputation. And that is not how you want to be doing things. You need to know your numbers. So make sure that you're practicing now. If you've never done the deals that you've done uh, before, or that you're looking to do before. You need to make sure that you know your numbers. So start practicing. There's no harm in going on, you know, um, Rightmove, Zoopla, any of those sort of portals. If you're using Property Filter and things like that, if you're looking at doing rent-to-rent deals, get yourself on Spare Room, uh, Open Rent, things like that. Start getting numbers. Start looking. If it's serviced accommodation, start looking at nightly rates. If it's uh, HMOs, start looking at room rates. Start looking at what landlords want for single buy-to-lets, what they want for HMOs. Start to become the property professional in your area and know the numbers. Know the sorts of deals that you're looking for. For me, if I'm looking at doing a rent-to-rent deal, I can now walk into most properties and know pretty much off the top of my head what I can offer. Well, well, that's experience. I've done a lot of deals and I've got a lot of properties. But equally to that, if I'm going in to buy properties as well, I know the numbers. I know roughly what I can offer. I've done a bit of due diligence and a bit of homework before I've actually turned up. We need to put that work in there and we can't just rely on looking at a property and then pulling numbers out of the sky. I want to offer 25% below market value if you're going to buy a property. You've got to ask yourself, why? Because somebody's told you that that's what you should be doing or because the numbers only stack at about that rate. And if they only stack at about 25% below and you can explain to the vendor or to the agent exactly why you've come up with this number in a bit of detail, not too much detail, but in enough detail for it to come across that you are a professional in the property world, you will set yourself above so many others. You will probably be in the elite 10% 
10% of people out there doing property deals at the moment. Because this will help you stay focused and this will also help you to avoid making impulsive decisions that may not align with your investment objectives as well. You have to be very, very careful that you don't start going down the wrong pathway when you're trying to build your property businesses, okay? I see this all the time. I see people struggling. They're looking at doing a certain strategy and they're looking at all those properties and then all of a sudden they see a different property and they start looking at trying to do a different strategy and it doesn't align and it becomes a mess and then they do a half-hearted job on one property, they do all right on another property and things start to spiral out of control. Why? Because they haven't set out their vision, they haven't set out exactly what they want to get from the deals. So know the strategy that you want to use on somebody else's properties inside and out, okay? If you have to, get yourself some training, get yourself some coaching, if you need to, to make sure that you can do good deals. Okay, bad deals are not only no good to you, they're no good to anybody. Okay, nobody wants to be out there getting buyer's remorse. We have to make sure that any of the deals that we do are win-win deals for everybody. Okay, so make sure that you've got a clear understanding of what it is you want to get out of these deals, okay? Because negotiations start as soon as you make contact with somebody. So as soon as you're speaking to somebody, you're starting to build up, as I always say, the rapport. You're starting to establishing, you know, a relationship with that person. And emotions can be a driving force as to whether or not you get a deal or you don't get a deal, okay? People tend to sell and buy and do deals and work with people through emotion. So you need to be making sure that you are establishing a positive rapport with people, with sellers, with agents, okay? So that when you start to do negotiations, okay, you've got a positive rapport with them. You're starting to build up, as I say always again, the know, like, and trust with them. And all of a sudden then, when you do or if you do get into negotiations with them, it's a lot easier to find common ground, okay? It's a lot easier to make it a win-win. Whenever I'm doing any deals, and you should be doing the same, we've got to be looking at making sure it is a win-win for all parties. It's a win for the sale, the vendor, the landlord, depending on the type of deal that you're doing, and it's a win for you. Because if it's not, There's no point in doing that deal. It just will not work. I see far too many people or I hear about. I don't see that many now because a lot of people that are around me are doing good deals. But I hear about far too many people now that are just doing bad deals, that become a motivated buyer. The worst sort of thing you could ever try and do. They get too wrapped up. They get too much emotions caught up in trying to do a deal that they end up doing a bad deal. Okay, so... When we meet agents or sellers, we need to understand their motivations. We need to understand what they want. We need to try and understand the reasons that either they're selling or they need help with their property uh, and not always jump to conclusions yourself. For me, it was very easy when I started out to start thinking, well, a landlord will never rent me their property. Why would they? If I'm going to make some money on it, they'd just do it themselves, wouldn't they? I mean, that makes more sense. But all of a sudden, that's just my own limiting beliefs before I even know the facts. And when I actually got out there and started talking to landlords and agents, I found that there was a lot of landlords and agents out there that actually need help, that actually wanted my service. 
And all of a sudden then it was like, well, I know what my service is. I know what I offer. And it's exactly the same if you're looking at buying properties as well. You know the sorts of deals that you're looking to do. Maybe you're looking to buy properties to convert into high-end co-living, HMOs for great cash flow, which is an amazing strategy still, even now with interest rates the way they are. But you need to know how you can do it, the sort of costs it's going to take. And a lot of people starting out won't have all the knowledge to be able to do this, okay? And that's fine. That's why we go back to the beginning Get yourself the knowledge, you know, get yourself around people that are doing this. If you have to pay for it, pay for that knowledge so that you know what you're doing and you've got a good understanding of what it is you're trying to do. Always look at your property investing as setting up and and, and running a business. Okay, that is something that I love to do. I love businesses. I love setting up businesses. I love building businesses. It's not always easy. It's not always Sunshine and rainbows, there are tough days, as in anything in life. But you learn, you learn a lot with those tough days. You learn a lot from things not always going the way that you want. But by being in the right community, and of course, you know, by watching these lives, watching these videos, you are putting yourself in the right community, in the right place to be able to get out there and to be able to succeed in what it is and have the confidence to succeed as well. So understand the seller's motivations or or the landlord's motivations or the agent's motivations. Now, the agents are a different game completely because obviously agents, i.e. they want to sell the property or they want to rent the property. It's as simple as that. They want their fees. They want to get paid their commissions uh, and they want to do a good job for their customers, or at least we hope they do. Okay, so agents are a lot easier. We need to understand how we can work the numbers to make sure that they get paid. Now, if we can do that and make sure that they get paid, then they're more inclined to work with us and help us with those deals. So it is about just talking to them, talking about what they need, knowing their figures and numbers. And again, I see a lot of people out there when I speak to them and they say, I'm looking at this potential purchase lease option deal um, or a rent to rent deal, or I'm looking at buying this property. Okay, no problem. So um, what does the agent need? And they say to me, well, what what do you mean? What does the agent need? Well, what's the agent's fees? Well, I... I, um, I don't know, I think they charge 1,500 quid or 1% or 1.5% or 10% or you don't know. Uh, No, I didn't ask. That's one of the first things you need to be asked. What do they want? So if you go and speak to agents, what are their fees? Now, even if you have to ring the agents up and say, I'm looking at buying a property in this area, uh, how much do you charge to um, let the properties? And let them tell you. We charge X amount. And this is how we do it. Now, if they won't tell you how much they charge, they say they have to see the property. I would say, well, I haven't bought the property yet. And depending on your fees is depending on how much I can afford to buy the property for. So uh, I'm in a bit of a vicious circle here. And if they won't tell you, just ring another agent and never just ring one agent either. Don't even just ring two. Ring as many different agents as you can find to get the numbers that you need. And if they're selling properties, how much do you your fees? How much do you charge? Because if you do want to do a potential purchase lease option, and let's just say you're in an area with really expensive properties and we're talking nearly a million pounds for this and they've got some sort of high percentage, it could cost you an absolute fortune to pay them that to do a purchase lease option. It might make Make the deal unviable, okay? But you don't know until you found out, but you've done all of this homework, all of this sort of groundwork to do a potential deal that you will never stack anyway because the agents, i.e., are in the way or their fees are um, not going to work. So make sure that you understand this 
before you start going in trying to do deals, okay? And the same with rent to rents. If you're trying to work with letting agents, what do they want? If they turn around to you and say, oh, we've got this perfect property, everybody's like, woohoo, let's have a look at this property, great stuff. We'll get down to the nitty gritty, the contracts. Well, you need to pay six months deposit. You need to pay this, 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 and this. They're all of a sudden they're looking at you and treating you like a tenant rather than a business owner. It's not gonna work. Find out what they want first of all. So if we did take this property on, what's the procedure? What's the next procedure for um, how, how this deal could work? Or how, what, you know, what's your sort of flow chart, if you like? Uh, if, we, if we agree on the property and stuff, what's the next steps? And they then start saying that. You can say, whoa, 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 let me just start, stop you there. We're not a tenant. We're a, a manage, management company. We're a business-to-business company. So um, we, we don't pay deposits. You don't pay deposits, so we don't pay deposits. Do you know what I mean? And then you can explain things to them rather than it all getting spiraling out of control when potentially they thought they'd given you a property. You then turn around and say, well, I'm not going to do that deal because that's not a great deal. And all of a sudden, it starts to leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth. So just be mindful of those sort of things because this insight can give you a better idea of their flexibility and help you tailor your negotiation strategy accordingly. It gives you a chance to have that initial conversation to then be able to go back, sit down, have a little think about how you want to approach things rather than running straight in there, offering this, 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 and this, and finding out that it's not a very good deal at the end of the day. And now you either got to back out of it and lose that credibility, or you're just going to do a bad deal and regret it. Okay, so we really do need to understand that what they want, what their fees are, and, and go through this whole sort of process to start mastering how we can negotiate on good deals. It all starts then. It starts with the first co- contact. It starts when you meet people. You have to ask people what they want. Okay, and then you need to make sure that you actively listen to them. Don't start assuming anything. Don't start making assumptions. Well, I think they want this. Well, I think they need that. Let them actually tell you what it is they want. Okay, and that all comes through conversation. You can ask somebody, what do they want? And they might just think, well, I just want top Mac. I want top money or I want top rent. Okay, what do you really want? If I could wave a magic wand, this is a great one. If I could wave a magic wand, get rid of all your problems, what would be the ideal scenario for you? Now, with my landlords, in some cases, they do say, well, I just want my property looked after. I want my rent each month, so I know exactly what I'm getting in there. Uh, And I'd like to have that peace of mind that I haven't got to run around or do any of the work. Well, we can do that. We can do that for you right now. It might come at a little bit of a cost, but... I can, I can solve that for you. I don't even need a magic wand. My business does that. Let me tell you how my business does that. And that's where you can start explaining your values, what you offer, the services that you give. If you're looking at buying a property, of course, you go in there. What do you need? Uh, well, we're looking at selling the property. Okay, what, what's the problem? Now, this might be a tight landlord. There could be loads of different things. But until we've had and actively listened to the problems, at the moment, I've had bad tenants or the property's run down. It's not looked after. My letting agent's let me down or this has let me down or that's let me down or I'm just tired. I'm just looking. I've got quite a big portfolio. I'm just looking at offloading a few properties. Okay, so no problem. Shoot, so, do you need the money from the property right here, right now? 
It's always a great, great question to ask if you're getting further down there. They may say, well, what do you mean? Well, I can help you with this. Uh, and what we can potentially do is if you're looking at offloading some properties from your portfolio, we could do this in stages over a certain amount of time, which will save you on your capital gains tax uh, and actually save you a lot of money in the long run. Now, how would I know to say that if I didn't find out what their problem was and what they were and why they were actually selling it? I wouldn't. So when you ask people these questions, initially you might get what I call fluff. You might get the fluffy bits. Well, what do you mean, what do I need? I just want money. Do you really, or do you want peace of mind? Do you want somebody to come in here and remove the hassle? And let's face it, in life, everybody will be appreciative of somebody that can remove hassle, that can give them an easier life, okay? And we can do that by knowing what we're gonna be saying. So by chatting to people, by building up a conversation, whether it's agents, landlords, vendors, whatever, you will start to get the details, okay? You'll start to get the real answers when you're talking to people, when you're in a conversation, when they let their guards down ever so slightly. And the questions are great. So you've got to make sure that the questions are great, but you've also got to make sure that they are in line with what you're talking about. And when I say that, I say, you know, Good questions, open-ended questions will get people talking. But if they're random, if you're talking about a specific topic here and you think, oh, I need to know this, you've got to think of a way whilst listening, how can I get this into the conversation? And if you cannot, it's fine to wait to the end. That's why I always say, have a, I don't know, notes or clipboard. I, I'm old school. I have a clipboard, a pad and pen. I write down something. If I'm listening to somebody, I'll write down what they're saying. But I might all of a sudden think, Crikey, I need to ask that. I've forgotten to ask, blah, 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 blah. I'll write that down as well. And then I won't just stop them in their tracks rudely or abruptly and change the conversation. I'll get to the end of it all just before we're about to leave. And I'll just say, two more seconds. Can I just ask you a couple of questions, please? Okay. Nobody said no to me ever. They've said, yeah, yeah. What, what is it? And then you can ask those questions. And they might be totally off topic. Oh, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Because you've been actively listening to these people, okay? Uh, and, and just remember, at the end of the day, you might not do a deal, okay? Let's first and foremost get that into our head. There are going to be occasions, there are going to be times, more often than not, that the deal won't work, that everything won't be aligned and it won't happen. And then you've just got to make sure you leave it in a nice position. Because, as the old saying goes, no doesn't mean no, it just means not now. So it very well may be a follow-up. I've done most of my deals through follow-up, more than I have straight off the bat. It's normally following up with people. We always say, don't look for the property, look for the problem, look for the motivated seller, okay? If you can look for the problem, solve the problem, you're onto a winner, okay? You will put yourself in a much better position. And some people don't always have that big problem when you first talk to them. They're not that motivated when you first talk to them. But you give it a few weeks, a few months, you stay in their eye line, you stay in their thoughts, you follow up with them in a very polite manner, just following up with you. I know we had the conversation and the deal didn't really work for us back then, but we are still here, we're still willing to work with you, we're still willing to help you. Uh, just let us know if you need help with anything. People love it. People then actually can call you back and say, Hey, Mark, uh, I don't know from a couple of weeks, but that deal that we spoke about, does that still stand? 
Would you, would you still be interested? Yeah, let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. That's what it's all about, conversations. It's all about shaking hands and conversations. And that's how you will grow a successful property portfolio and business, okay? You've got to make sure that all of your deals are a win-win uh, and build up the know, like, and trust. Of course, if you do that, you will be onto a winner. So I hope this episode has helped you. If it has, please feel free to like it and share it, subscribe and all of those good things. So if you need any further help with anything like this, then do check out thepropertyunleashed.com where we have free tools and resources. We have uh, eBooks that you can download to give you more information. We have masterclasses in rent to rent, HMOs, serviced accommodation, completely free. You can download those. You can watch those. You can do all of the sort of training that you want to do for free. And then if you want to take it further, you can. I do offer coaching, but only to a selected number of people. So you can always find out if there are any spots available on that, if you would like to work with me further. But do enjoy these. Do make sure that you're getting yourself out there and do make sure that you are investing in yourself because it's the best investment you will ever make. I'll see you very soon. Take care and bye for now.